The year 2020 saw the worst pandemic in the world since the Spanish flu. Now we have a vaccine. Are you getting vaccinated? Let's talk about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hanging with Mary Jo, the podcast where we talk about things that happen in everyday life from breastfeeding to skydiving and everything in between. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Welcome back. How's everyone doing? How are you doing, Frankie C? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Most of all, happy to be here. We have to give some thanks. We do. We want to say thank you to everyone that listened to our uh, last couple episodes and show us some love and left us comments on our Instagram page uh, for the last couple episodes. Thank you guys for the support and... That's why we do this, so you guys can enjoy it. Before we continue, this episode is brought to you by Absolute Candle. If you want your house to smell delightful, visit the people of Absolute Candle on the Instagram page at Absolute Candle Company, or you can email them your order at AbsoluteCandleCompany at gmail.com. Use promo code Hanging with Mary Jo or HWMJ and get 10% off your total purchase. 10%. So last year we faced a pandemic. And this has not happened since the Spanish flu back in 1918. Although the Spanish flu did not come from Spain, it was dubbed the Spanish flu. That's why I am comfortable calling COVID-19 the Chinese virus. Because we know where it started. They came. It came from bats, right? According to the news. Yeah. So I, continuing. I wonder how they came up with that conclusion that it came from a bat. I don't know. I don't think that it came from bats. I think that was once again <laughs> <laughs> the conspiracy theorist uh, people and the misinformation from other places. But all I know is that it came fast. It did. COVID-19, as known as the coronavirus, has affected 115 million worldwide, 65 million recovered, and 22.5 million have died. In the United States, 28.8 million cases, 517,000 deaths. Now, I want you to hold on to those numbers because we're going to come back to them. So for those of you that don't know us that well yet... I was actually on my last trimester of pregnancy with our second child um, when this whole thing started. Right. So how did you feel you know, going through a pregnancy and about to have a child and boom, this whole thing starts? So to start, I was working when it all started. The day that we decided or the day that the state, uh, the state closed, had to leave the job take the baby out of the daycare. So that was a little nerve wracking to start with. The appointments at the doctors changed. You were no longer able to come with me 
we had to take extra precaution. It was scary. The doctors didn't know exactly what was going on. But I remember the doctor mentioning that, you know, the virus is something similar to the flu. And eventually everyone was going to get it. So the only thing that she recommended was to stay in, wear a mask, wash my hands. And that's it. You know, and, and then they tell you what? They're like, you're going to have to have this baby with no support system. So the whole time, there was only one person allowed to go in. Then she mentioned, they mentioned, because I saw a lot of doctors. Once it was time to deliver, that there was a possibility that I was going to have, I had to do it by myself with no support system, no family, which was very different from the first pregnancy. The first time, you know, my parents... Well, my mom was there. My aunt was there. My sisters were there. You were there. And this time I was going to be there by myself, which was the scary part. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was uh, not a good feeling, just knowing that you have to go through the whole pain by yourself. So. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of things on social media about pregnant women that were talking about their experience while having a baby during the pandemic. And some of them were terrified. So that made me a little bit paranoid, just a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing. There was so much unknown. There were so many unknowns that you didn't know, you know, if you were going to be okay, if the baby was going to be okay, all the extra stress. And then the media didn't help at all. They didn't. Because all you started seeing is death toll, death toll, death toll was going up, going up, going up. Yes. You know, and like I mentioned, like we mentioned earlier, worldwide, they were saying, hey, you know, Italy got hit pretty hard before we did, you know, but and there was all this dead. But no one was saying how many people actually made it through, how many people recovered from this thing. So eventually, I guess they put a number worldwide. But here in the best country in the world, we got cases and death. We didn't get any number of recover people so that i think that gave a lot of people mental anguish because you know they they don't know everybody thought you know the whole world was going to die from this thing yes so it was pretty scary um we stayed in the house after the baby after we were discharged baby was born uh we stayed in the house we didn't leave the only person that left the house was you you had to go to work how did it feel to go to work knowing that you could potentially bring it home? Yeah, that that was a whole different story. You know, it it was uh, pretty, I don't want to say stress because I don't think I, you know, stress that easily. But, you know, there was in the back of your mind it was always like, OK, well, what am I doing? You know, I wish I had like a decontamination space before i come to the house you know so i can just take everything off and shower and then come back i'm here but even then you know the the symptoms won't show up you know five days after so even if you try the best you could to you know wash your hands it, and yeah. prevent all this i mean it was a crapshoot man you come in here and we'll find out a week from now if you know if, if we had it if last week i brought something so yeah so thank god for a whole entire 10, 11 months, we were COVID free. We didn't get it at all. We took our precautions. We wore masks. We were using gloves when we went to do the groceries. 
and all that jazz, disinfecting the mail, spraying the whole entire house. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we had plenty bottles of Lysol. <laughs> yes, which a lot of people didn't have, actually. But a lot of people had toilet paper and paper towel. Which I don't understand. What was the reason for the toilet paper? Yeah, if anybody knows the, the reason for the toilet paper, for a respiratory virus, uh, you go ahead and leave us a comment. Email us, let us know why. I mean, if you can, please, we, we really would like to know. <laughs> like I mentioned, we were all good up until the beginning of this year. 2021 for us started a little, a little rocky. Yeah, a little rocky. We tested positive for the virus. Yeah, I was going to say we sound like a lot of people, but we did. Yeah, we did all, you know, what that we had to do. We wore masks, like I mentioned, gloves, and somehow somebody caught it and brought it home. So I think Mateo brought that thing here. I am listening to Henry with Mary Jo. We decided to send Mateo back to daycare, even though... This was still going on. We decided that Mateo needed some, how do you, how do you some, say, yeah, social some interactions, some, yeah. yeah, some social encounter with other kids, which he missed a lot. You know, he he was always asking, you know, when am I going back to school? Which is a good thing, but he we that. were a little scared actually of sending him back to school because we didn't know. Some people don't really care. I don't know if I'm sounding mean, but. Some people don't care if their kids are sick. They just send them to school to, to daycare without knowing that kids put everything in their mouth, touch everything, and they can get the virus. I'm glad in this case, I'm the nice guy. You know, it's not that some people don't care. Some people don't, but I think other people just, you know, due to their financial situation, I mean, don't have a choice. They got to send the kid because they got to go to work. You know, I'm glad I'm the the nice guy here right now thank you you're welcome so yeah so we all got the virus we all actually had different symptoms tell us about what did you have what what symptoms so do you start, have so wait so it started with mateo right he had high fever he had i think he had like body aches because the poor kid was complaining in his sleep and then after that he was the next morning he was perfectly fine which made me think that he had like a 24-hour Bug, the Bug, flu. Right, right. So I didn't really think anything of it until I started developing symptoms. So how long ago between the time Mateo had his episode and the time you started? 24 hours, exactly. Wow. So 24 hours, I started with a fever. Um, then I had body aches. Then I had a combination of body aches and chills. Started with chest pain, back pain, and I also... Uh, was coughing, I think, and sneezing. So in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, this could be the flu until the chest pain and the back pain got worse. Every time I took deep breaths, it would hurt. It felt like somebody was stabbing me. So then you decided to go to the hospital. Yes, I did. Um, but before I decided to go to the hospital, I thought if I should or should not go to the hospital. I was a little scared. Why were you scared? Well, because, you know, the news gives all the the numbers of people dying. People that go to the hospital 
and have died from this virus. And that's what I think. That's what made it worse. Because, again, you know, all they do is report death toll, death toll, going up, going up. So the stress weakens your body. And then the virus comes in and takes it over. So I think that, you know, there wasn't any help from the media. There wasn't any help from everybody who should have helped. CDC is, you know, we're just getting conflicting information and people were just panicking. And that stress, that mental anguish just did not help anybody at all. Exactly. I want to believe that I am mentally strong. So I decided to go to the hospital without knowing that, you know, I could have the virus until I went in. The security guy at the hospital wouldn't let me in. But when I finally got in, the nurse took my temperature and he was like, whoa, you got a temperature. So I'm so sorry, but you have to go into the COVID side. And that's when I freaked out. I freaked out a little bit because I was like, OMG, what if I don't come out? But thankfully, you were there with me. Yeah. So they uh, they did what? Did the X-ray? So they did an EKG to make sure that I wasn't having a heart attack to begin with. They took some blood. They did an X-ray of my chest. Then they did a, a a scan because the doctor had found. Well, she thought that there was something in my lungs that she couldn't see in the X-ray. So when she took the scan. She said that everything was okay. There was nothing there to be worried about. Um, They also did the COVID test. So after that, she came back and she she told me that everything was okay. Nothing to be worried about. Uh, She told me to take Motrin. Uh, She said my lung cage was inflamed. So I guess there's a muscle surrounding the lungs. Yes, like a little tissue that goes around the lung. Yeah, that was inflamed, which was causing all the pain, the chest and the back. And she sent me home. And then the next day. Yes, the next day. That's my favorite button today. <laughs> so the next day they give me a call and they told me that I had tested positive. So at that point, I was like, no way. Right. How is that possible? Like I've been for a whole year. I've been doing the same thing I've done. And now all of a sudden I got it. Yeah. So like, we went into a little panic mode at that time. We did. Unfortunately, we don't have any closet space. So yeah, so I we had to can, keep you out. <laughs> so at that point, we kind of panicked a little and we decided to go get everyone tested that was at the house. Right. And then we all tested, tested positive. positive. So what do you do then? I know. And... That's the thing, you know, it's like if it's just one of us, we could stay in a room and try to stay away from everybody. But when the whole house has it at the same time, it's you can't really do that. And how do you do that with kids? Like I still had to, you know, wake up and take care of the baby and breastfeed, breastfeed and take care of Mateo, take care of his needs. And imagine like the people that have more children. How do they do it? That's for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it it was it was kind of scary yeah you know it was and then you know that staying home the quarantine you know especially for people that are agile and people that are used to being out you know it takes its toll 
you get cabin fever and you're like, yo, I want and out. And I, I think that is one of the reasons why a lot of people get sick because they're not used to being inside. Yeah, I, I think the stress and, and everything else, the quarantine, I think that adds to the virus and, and the loneliness. Yeah. We had one another. And yeah. we have the kids. Yeah, so we were lucky we, we had here. Yeah, we were not we were not lonely like other people. I and think that's what really takes a toll. And you know what? Besides that, we had one another. And for me personally, my symptoms were you no know, less than half a day. I just had a little bit of chest pain, not even pain, like discomfort, and then like twelve hours and went away. The rest of the time. I had nothing, no yeah, fever, were, no cough. No, you were perfectly fine. And that's what people don't don't understand. Everybody is different. Yeah, because I've seen horror stories of, you know, people saying that they felt so horrible and, you know, writing the you know, last, the will, <laughs> you know, in a piece of paper. Yeah, let's not go too far. My dad also had COVID. He had more symptoms than what we had. Right, yeah. He he lost a lot of weight really quick. He lost a lot of weight. Um, he, he also had um, chest pain. Cough. He was coughing. I think it was his left or his right lung that was... Some percentage capacity or something. That one of his lungs were affect, was affected more than the other one. It was a different experience for him. Yeah, and it's kind of... Weird. Well, not weird, but he traveled abroad and then that's when he got COVID. So it wasn't even here. Yeah. And that is another, you know, and that is stress in itself because you went somewhere where my hat's off to every single, you know, medical personnel, but the attention there might not be or might not be as good as it's here. So that's another thing like, oh man, I made a decision to travel, came here and now I got COVID and yeah, and that was the thing too. Um, he never stopped working from when uh, COVID started. He worked all up until November when he decided to go to Ecuador. And boom, as soon as he lands, he got the virus. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, again, I heard some stories about people that are, this thing just hit him really bad. And we were very fortunate that we tested positive, we had COVID, but it wasn't, you know, a bad. And it was actually, in, in a good way, it was good because we spent a lot of time together. And a lot of time together. I'm surprised we still get along. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And also one more thing, I think that family support was was a big help too. Because, you know, my sister would call, make sure we're doing okay. Your brother, people just called to check up on us on how we were doing. There's other people that don't have that. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not that. So if you know somebody that is COVID positive, is going through quarantine, you know, check up on him. Give him a call. You know, just, just say, hey, I'm here, even though you can't physically go visit them. You know, at least give him a call. Just let him know because there's a lot of people here that don't have anyone. Exactly. And that quarantine and, and that mental anguish just makes it worse, the stress. So loneliness really, you know makes it worse so if you know somebody and you know they don't have anybody help them out help them out give them a call you know just let them know that things are going to be okay and we're here for each other let's make this a, a better world yes let's all stay positive so now let's return to the numbers before um we talk about the vaccine remember we said worldwide 
it was 115 million cases, 65 million people recovered from COVID, and 22.5 million, unfortunately, die. Now, this is worldwide. Tell me why worldwide we have recovered numbers. Here in the States, again, all we have was cases of COVID and people that die. Do you want to know what my theory is on why? What is it? Big Pharma. So there's two companies that had that developed the vaccine in a matter of nine months, Pfizer and Moderna, right? Each one of them, you have to get at least, uh, I think, two doses, the first dose, and then like 30 days or three weeks later, the other one, right? Yes. They both were estimated to make $32 billion from the vaccine. That is a lot of money. Right. So the transparency transparency is the, the trending word now, right? So when you're not transparent, when the government and everybody else do not want to give people all the information or the truthful information, you leave the window or you leave a door for conspiracy theories, right? So this is where things come in place. People go their own way with their own imagination on what's true, what's not true, and add, add stress to everybody else, right? So that's the problem. When you give, you know, in the United States, we have X amount of cases and X amount of people die, but you don't tell people that this virus is 99% beatable, you know, 99% survival rate, then it lets you, you know, makes you think, why not? Why don't you tell me that? Exactly. Because then less people would, to get the vaccine, they'll be like, nah, you know what? But we can say that we beat COVID. I'm doing my quotation fingers. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so we can say that we beat COVID just by, you know, drinking hot green tea with uh, ginger and honey and lemon. Taking some zinc. Taking vitamin C. Vitamin D. So all these natural things that we did helped out. Right. And that's something we were doing before we got it, but before we tested positive. But yeah, you know, trying to take care of ourselves. And that's something that they don't talk about. And if people have tried to talk about it, they get shut down. They sure did. So I think that's what the media should tell people, that you can take care of this yourself. There's no need. Maybe there's no need for that vaccine. Right. And just to clarify, we're not anti-vax. We're not. We do take our flu shots. Every year. Every year. And Lord knows what the government put in my body when I was in the Marine Corps. But anyways. Do you think it's true that Bill Gates put a chip in the vaccine? Yeah, those, uh, I don't know if there's a chip <laughs> in the vaccine, but again, it's it's just, to me, is the fact that it was it was created so quick, right? We don't know the long-term effect, again, and when when people don't tell you the truth, you know, people start thinking their own truth, you know, their own conspiracy and their own way of thinking that, okay, well, if you're not telling me this, then it must be this. If you're not telling me this, it must be that. So Everything's uh, uncertain. Right, so just... Tell the truth and then let people make you know, their own decisions. Yeah, the media should clarify or put out the number of people that have been saved by taking the COVID vaccine, which is something that they haven't done yet. Right. So that brings us to our segment. Did, Did you, you know, know? Did you guys know over 76 million doses of COVID vaccines were administered in the United States from December 14, 2020 through March 1st, 2021. During this time, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System received 1,381 reports of deaths, which is 0.018%. Among people who received COVID vaccine, 
a review of available clinical information, including death certificates, autopsy, and medical records reveal no evidence that the vaccination contributed to patients' deaths. Here we go. Last year, if you died from cancer, heart attack, diabetes, a truck hit you, you fell off your bed, then you tested positive for COVID, you died of COVID. Now you have 1,381 people that unfortunately passed away that were vaccinated, but somehow the vaccine has nothing to do with their death. Again, the, the transparency that we're not getting is what makes people very hesitant to, to, get, the to get the vaccine. So again, just to reiterate, we are not anti-vax and we're not saying we're don't not. get the vaccine or we're not telling you to get the vaccine. That's the individual decision, your individual decision, and you do what you think is best for you. Yes. We just don't feel that the vaccine is safe. And I mean, eventually everybody's probably going to have to take it. So, Just like everybody eventually is going to have to take the vaccine. How can people tell us what they think? So you guys can leave us comments, likes on our Instagram page at Hanging with Mary Jo. Or you can stream our episodes on Spotify and iHeartRadio. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you for listening and spending time with us. And remember, be kind to one another. Wear your seatbelt. Use hand sanitizer. God bless you all. And, and we're, we're out. out.